What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one, it's my team selection for game week 21. So I'm going to show you how the team is looking. And there's obviously a lot of flags at the moment. So how I'm going to deal with that. I've got two free transfers. Why I'm trying to put off a lot of decisions until game week 22. And I'll also show you how I did in game week 20 as well. So if you enjoyed the video, make sure to give it a like. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And make sure to check out Fantasy Football Hub. They still have their 30% off offer on at the moment. And there's a free 30-day trial as well. So make sure to check that out. Link's in the description below. Otherwise, let's jump into it. All right, let's start with a quick look back at game week 20. And I won't play it down. It was an excellent week. I got 97 points. That's my highest game week score of the season. It was also the highest game week rank that I've had all season as well. And I went from about 115k up to 62k. So I'm inside the top 100k. I've only had two red arrows since game week nine. This has been a quite frankly ridiculous run. And it continues into the second half of the season. At some point it will stop, right? I've been here before with FPL. Things will start to go wrong. The red arrows will come and some of them will be big. But right now I'm absolutely going to take how well um, things are going. In terms of where the points came from, they didn't come from my defense. So Trent, Porro, and Gabriel got three points between them. But apart from Solanke, who got a two-pointer, everyone else returned. And they returned in really big ways. So the first game of the week was Chelsea versus Luton. Palmer goes and gets three attack and returns, finishes on an 18-pointer. Uh, Saka chipped in with seven points. He scored within, I don't know, like the first five or six minutes against Fulham. Son got a nine-pointer. Watkins eight. I did Darwin to Alvarez with one of my two free transfers, and Alvarez scored and got a seven point. He didn't outscore Darwin by massive points, but it was still a little bit extra to go on to the total. But the two big players, I mean, Palmer was big, of course, but that came at the start of the game week. The two players that were kind of my favorites for that week were Salah, who I captained, and he got 16 points into 32, obviously missed a penalty as well, and Ariola. And the reason why I liked it so much is because I was away for a wedding for those two games. So I went up the night before when Liverpool were playing. It wasn't on in the pub we were sat in uh, the evening before. They had the darts on instead. And one of the kids that was there also plays FPL. So when the penalty came, the first one, I was looking on Twitter, which is pretty, uh, sorry, usually pretty quick to update. But he had an app and he told me he'd missed. And I was like, oh, okay, that's it then. Everyone's gone and Captain Alvarez or someone different. Salah's blank. That's going to be super annoying. And then he told me he had a red card. I looked around so quick. Uh, and obviously, he was just joking and winding me up. And obviously, from there, it just got better and better. And when he got, I think it was a goal that he got first of all, rather than an assist. I was looking at the expected data for that game because I couldn't watch it. And I tweeted to say, this is a robbery, right? If he only finishes with one return with the amount of chances he's creating and the shots he's having, that would be quite frankly, I've said quite frankly twice now, haven't I? That would be ridiculous. Um, and obviously there's a bit of luck there with Captain in Salah. Of course there is over Alvarez because Alvarez was a decent shout as well. But it was just, I don't know, I said it on the deadline stream. There was just a gut feeling there that I should just stick to Salah. So I'm really happy I did that. And then Ariola was on the night of the wedding. Uh, and so obviously it wasn't on or anything like that. And I kind of forgot that that game was on. And then I checked with about, I don't know, 87 minutes played. They had the clean sheet. Someone messaged me on WhatsApp to say he's on three bonus points as well. So then I went back and sat at the table and just followed it on Twitter. Now, I didn't spend the whole wedding checking my FPL scores. Don't panic. But for that five minutes, I was refreshing and refreshing. And so for Ariola to come in with an 11-pointer after Debravka has saved a Salah penalty the night before, 
was massive because at that point I'm thinking I've benched the goalkeeper that saved the penalty of my captain. It's going to be a disaster. And in the end, it couldn't have gone any better. 43 points between Salah captain and Ariola. And like I said, you always need um, a bit of luck in FPL. I definitely had it this week, but I'm absolutely going to take it. So 97 points into the top 100K for the first time this season. Can we stay there? Probably not, but let's hope so. So this is how game week 21 currently looks for me. I've got two free transfers, 1.4 million in the bank, and my bench is Debravka against Man City at home, Charlie Taylor against Luton at home, who's currently yellow flag, but Bernie do play on Friday, this Friday. So hopefully we'll hear from Vincent Company on Thursday in his press conference and get some information there. It might be that Charlie Taylor is out, but I'm hoping that it'll be fine because that's a pretty good fixture. And if I had to play him this week, I wouldn't be too worried about doing that. I've also got Trent on the bench, who's injured, definitely going to miss game week 21. And I've got Salah, who's obviously away for African Cup of Nations. And I've also got Son, who is uh, away for the Asia Cup. But I've put him in the first 11 because I'm likely to sell him. And I wanted you to see how the, you know, the 11 will end up looking by the deadline, probably in a 3-4-3. So to be honest, although I've got Trent, Salah and Son unavailable and possibly Charlie Taylor as well, with two free transfers relative to other FPL managers, that doesn't actually feel that bad. Because some people have got those same players, plus Bowen, plus Wang, plus Kudus as well. And that's obviously a lot more difficult to work through. So it's not ideal for me this week, but it doesn't feel that bad. In terms of the easy stuff in defense, I've got um, Ariola obviously currently playing against Sheffield United away instead of Dubravka. No interest in goalkeeper transfers at the moment. There's just too much other stuff going on. And I've also got double Arsenal defence against Crystal Palace at home. Now, Arsenal defence hasn't been great recently. And I know people are frustrated with them. They're looking to sell. But I've just got other fires to put out. And one of them is not getting rid of an Arsenal player before they play Crystal Palace at home. I actually think they're pretty good this week. And I don't think they're too bad in, term of, uh, in terms of long-term holds. Like, generally, I just not... Because you know Gabriel and Saliba are going to play... And on paper, in terms of expected goals conceded, Arsenal defence is still one of the top in the league. When they've got Palace at home this week, Forest away in 22, West Ham away in 24, Burnley away in 25, Sheffield United away in 27, Brentford at home in 28. There's not too many fixtures over the next six, seven game weeks where I'm going to be that worried about having to play one or two Arsenal defenders. So for now, I've got no plans to sell one of them, but possibly next week I could, and I'll come on to that in a second. And then I've also got Pedro Porro against Man United away. I do think Porro will concede, uh, but obviously there's always a chance of getting an attack in return. So I don't think my defense looks that bad. Let's talk about Trent Alexander-Arnold. I am probably going to keep hold of him this week. He's definitely going to miss game week 21. Game week 22 is not a certainty. For what it's worth, I'm not fully convinced he's going to be back for that Chelsea game because the rumors going around are three weeks. Obviously, Pep Linders said a few weeks. Uh, and it's a knee injury, so they don't, won't want to make that worse. So it could be that he misses Chelsea, and if he does, he could then miss Arsenal as well. But it's more about putting the decision off until next week and then deciding what I need to do. Because unless Pep Guardiola says to, uh, sorry, says in his press conference tomorrow that Haaland is definitely fit, he's going to start, I don't need to worry about having the funds for him until game week 22. And therefore, I don't really need to worry about what to do with Trent either. He probably will drop in price, which isn't great. But it's not the end of the world either. Plus, whoever I bring in, as things stand, I would either play ahead of Porro against Man United away or ahead of Anthony Gordon against Man City at home. And I just don't know if the upgrade on the defender this week 
is worth benching one of those players. In, and obviously the alternative would be to get more information next week. And it might be that Trent is back, in which case I'd want to hold on to him. And when I was thinking about, you know, if I was wildcarding this week and I was picking defenders, well, I'd probably look at Arsenal, right? Despite what everyone thinks about them, I'd look at them at least, maybe one. Well, I already own them. Trippier has got Man City this week, so there's no need to go for him. Plus, future budget probably means that I couldn't afford him. Liverpool would still be worth looking at. They'll possibly have a double in game week 25, as we know. But unless that defender is Trent Alexander-Arnold, I'm not sure I'm that worried. And if I said to you right now, he's definitely going to be back for game week 22, I think most of you would try and hold on to him. So I guess I'm giving, I'm giving myself that time to hope that he could be back. Um, Kyle Walker, because obviously Man City might double in game week 25 as well. They've got Newcastle away this week. Like, is Kyle Walker against Newcastle away that much better than Poro against Man United away? Probably not. Um, Trippier, I've just realized I've got on the list twice, so just ignore that. Uh, and then Estrepinian, who I do think is great, but it might be better for me to sell an Arsenal defender for him rather than Trent if Trent is back next week. So potentially, I could do Trent to Estrepinian this week, who has got. Let me just remind myself here, who's got Wolves at home. But I would then be probably benching Pedro Porro. And for me, I just think it's worth having that extra week's information, or extra game week's information, knowing the Carabao Cup results, knowing the fourth round results from the FA Cup, getting an update on Trent, rather than bringing Estupinian in this week. Because if we get to game week 22 and Trent is fit, then we'd all want him back in our teams, wouldn't we? And I just think while I'm in a strong-ish position in terms of transfers and squad players. I think I just try and get away with it this week. For what it's worth, I do think there's a high chance I get a red arrow because I am being a bit passive with my moves. But I'm hoping that the red arrow I get this week and the loss of points compared to other people will be made up for even more over future weeks. And obviously, we always want the highest score we can get every single game week. But the game is about getting it over a long period of time. So I'm kind of hurting my chances of a green arrow this week in the hope that my chances of a green arrow are much more in the future if that makes sense so i'm sure lots of people are looking at this team thinking arsenal defenders have got to be sold why would you bench trent he's going to go down in price he's definitely not going to be back for chelsea and you could be right but as things stand i think it makes sense for my team to bench him let's look at the attackers so my current four-man midfield is son who's obviously unavailable at the moment but i'm definitely going to sell him this week and his replacement will go straight into the first 11 and i'll come on to them in a minute uh, i've got gordon against man city at home palmer against fulham at home and saka against crystal palace at home and he's currently my captain now in general with saka i know people are getting frustrated a bit like with arsenal defenders he's not really justifying his price with the amount of fpl points he's got over the last five to six game weeks but I'm always trying to minimize the amount of decisions I have to make. And when I've got players away on international duty, potential doubles coming up, you know, other players that are injured, Saka is the least of my worries. I've not even given him any thought this week apart from with captaincy. He definitely stays. At some point in the future, if all of Haaland, Trent and Salah are available in Dublin, maybe Saka will have to go. But I'll just tackle that when I get there. For now, he stays in the team. With captaincy, I think there's lots of options that are quite similar this week like in my team palmer watkins saka alvarez could probably all be considered i wouldn't even completely rule out solanke i don't think i'd ever captain someone like that against liverpool but i wouldn't bet against solanke getting returns in that game um if all players were playing on saturday i think i would definitely go for saka i think crystal palace at home is a good fixture and although 
like I said, the returns haven't been there. He is putting up really decent underlying numbers, like 1.09 expected goal involvement against Fulham, 1.15 against West Ham, 0.94 against Brighton. There is a potential big score on the way. Plus, he's a midfielder, and I always prefer captaining them if I can. Obviously, Haaland is a major exception there. So he probably will be my captain, but Arsenal are playing the second weekend of game week 21. And I am tempted to just play it super safe and go for Palmer instead against Fulham at home. And I was actually looking on um, Fantasy Football Hub, comparing their stats this season per 90. So for Palmer, it's 0.26 expected goals per 90, 0.26 expected assists as well. And then for Saka, he's ever so slightly better but not by much. 0.28 expected goals per 90. That's non-penalty, right, as well. Um, so slightly better goal threat. Minimal, though, and 0.35 expected assists. So on paper, he is the better player. And they both have penalties, although Palmer will almost certainly take them. Saka, maybe not. And I just don't know if Fulham is that much of a better fixture than Crystal Palace. So that's why I'm siding just about with Saka. But by the time we get to... The deadline, I might just play it super safe with Palmer. Either way, as it stands, Palmer is my um, vice captain. So yeah, it's probably going to stick on Saka, but I don't know. It's one of those weeks where someone's going to go big. I'm just not 100% sure who that is. Like, it's so much easier when you've got Salah or Haaland. You just captain one of those two players. But I think for the game, a game week like, like for the FPL game in general, a game week like this is probably a good thing because captaincy will be uh, more split than it usually would be. With Palmer... Obviously, he's been brilliant, just got an 18-pointer. The fixtures coming up are a bit more difficult. Like After Fulham at home, between 22 and 26, they've got to play Liverpool away, Man City away, and Spurs at home. But I got him for 4.9 million. He's still taking penalties. He's still starting every single match. There's just no... It's a bit like Saka. There's just no need to worry about him right now. If Chelsea go through in the Carabao Cup and they go through in the FA Cup against Villa and they're blanking in 26 and 29, they've got no doubles on the horizon, Maybe I take him out for someone else at that point. But again, that is a decision for down the line. I don't need to worry about it right now. Um, with Anthony Gordon, not an ideal fixture this week whatsoever. Um, in the perfect world, I would not be playing him. And I could do Trent to Estepinian and play him instead of Gordon and still play Poro. I could also get rid of Salah and Son. But I am just not, I'm just not set on which one midfielder I want, let alone two. And I just don't think whoever I bring in is such a good option that it's worth benching Gordon for. Again, I'm just looking for that extra information next week and trying to make some more decisive decisions because this week I'm a little bit all over the place in terms of exactly what I want to do. So I don't like playing Gordon this week, but I think having two free transfers in 22 and then deciding whether to get rid of Salah or Trent to afford Haaland is probably a better move. So do I wish that... A few weeks ago, I'd taken the hit and done Gordon to Richarlison because I'd probably be up on points and I'd ha already have Richarlison in my team. Yes, but I've got to play the team that's in front of me. And I just think it probably makes sense to stick with Gordon. And also, by the way, the fixtures coming up for Newcastle aren't that bad. Like, I think when we looked at uh, Trippier, they had Liverpool last week, Man City at home this week, Villa away in 22. Not great. But if I have to play Gordon against Villa away, I'm not really bothered about that. Then you've got Luton at home, Forest away, Bournemouth at home. So the fixtures for Newcastle coming up are pretty decent. And Luton and Bournemouth both being at home is great. I know that Harvey Barnes might be back soon, but I think Gordon is firmly first choice. And I would not be surprised to see Barnes on the left and Gordon on the right at some point and Amron to come out of the team when everyone is fully fit. So I'm actually pretty happy 
with Gordon long-term-ish, just not this week. In terms of replacements for Son, I have kind of already gone over this this week, but I just want to go through it again because we're getting closer to the deadline. Some people will watch this video and not other ones. There's lots of midfielders under consideration, but I have a problem with pretty much all of them, which is why, which is almost why I don't want to make two midfield transfers this week to bench Gordon. So I'm not even convinced by one of them, right? So Richarlison, I think, is probably the best short-term option. I also like his price. He's only 6.9 million, and that would potentially enable me to get Haaland without having to sell Salah. But Werner is in now. That is confirmed. There's rumors that, I think it was, was it Paul O'Keefe, I think, on Twitter, said that Madison could be back in training next week. Obviously, they could blank in 26. They might blank in 29 as well. Um, and obviously, when Son is back from the Asia Cup, you just don't know what the minutes are going to be like. And obviously, Richardson's playing really well at the moment. He's going to keep his place for now. But there will be movement in his minutes soon. Because when Madison is back, Kudaseski will have to go back to the right if Ange wants to play him every week. Right? He's not going to play instead of Madison. And then you've got Brennan Johnson, Werner, and Richardson, and some at some point as well. Four players for two spots. Even if Richardson keeps starting, the early substitutions will happen. But I think because of his price and the potential for him to keep his place for now, I do think he is probably the one. I do prefer Foden if money's no issue. But Foden, uh, sorry, but money is going to be an issue soon. And also, how long will Foden keep starting? And will he go back to the right? Will he be as good there as he is in his central position for FPL points? Who knows, right? So there's some doubt there. Jota I've got no interest in whatsoever. I think with minutes, he is great. But in the Carabao Cup yesterday against Fulham, he started, but it wasn't on the right. It was Harvey Elliott, I think, that played right wing instead of Salah. Now, that might not continue going forward. But right now, Jota is still competing for left wing and number nine. And they got Nunez, who came on, got two assists, played really well. But I just, I just don't see the consistent starts for Jota. And as soon as Salah's back, it just becomes an even bigger issue. De Bruyne is too soon. I don't think he starts against Newcastle. Eze, a bit like Richarlison, I do like his price. And I'm strongly considering him over Richarlison because there's no issues with his minutes longer term. And he could take penalties as well. But it doesn't feel great bringing him in before Arsenal away. Fernandes is on seven yellows. I'm not sure I can do it to myself. Plus, he's the most expensive player um, on this list outside of De Bruyne. And then Gross is probably someone I've overlooked a bit too much. Doesn't feel that exciting, but he's nailed on. The Brighton fixtures are great. I mean, Jao Pedro is playing a lot at the moment, so uh, Pascal Gross is unlikely to get too many penalties or anything like that. But he does take a lot of the set pieces. And obviously, he's got that good price as well. But I just don't know if I want to turn down Richarlison playing number nine who will probably have penalties until one of Son or Madison is back. And even if it's Madison back and not Son, Richardson may have penalties anyway. So I think I said yesterday or the day before, right now as it stands, I'm keen on Foden. And that is true because Man City will probably double in game week 25. But the money becomes a slight issue if I want to keep Salah. So let me just quickly show you that. So if I do... Uh, let me just remember what I've just said. If I do... Son to Richarlison, right? If I want to get Haaland back in game week 22 for Alvarez, then I need to make up 3.1 million. And if I sell Trent, I've got 5.3 million. So potentially in game week 22, if Trent's not there for the Chelsea game, I could just keep hold of Salah for a few more weeks. Now, usually I wouldn't do that because Salah could miss 21, 22, 23, and 24 if Egypt go far in that competition. Maybe even 25 as well if they win it. But there's also the chance that that doesn't happen and that I need him back sooner and just keeping him in the team without kind of 
hurting my overall points potential too much might be the best plan. So I could potentially next week, if Trent is still out, do Trent to Eschepinian and Alvarez to Haaland. Job done. 0.3 million in the bank. I play Anthony Gordon against Villa away. Really not the end of the world. And I've got Saka, Palmer, Richarlison, Solanke, uh, Watkins and Haaland as my other players with Salah just sat on the bench. And by the way, by game week 22, it's not just Carabao Cup and FA Cup results. Who knows? Maybe Egypt will be out with the group stages. Very, very unlikely. But if that was to happen, right, or they're not looking great and they might go out in the knockouts, maybe Salah will be back sooner than we think. It could be as well. And like I said, there is a lot up in the air this week. So excuse the rambling, right? It could be that I get to next week, having just done um, Sonta Richarlison. Let me just put him back in here a second. And then Trent is fit. And I still need to get Haaland. Well, at that point, maybe I just sell Salah. And then maybe I just get him back for Saka later on. Right? I, basically, I'm trying to leave my options open because I'm not 100% sure what I want to do. And by the way, I think that is fine because there is so much information we're going to get ahead of game week 22. And it might be that I'm sat here in two weeks' time saying I still don't really know what I want to do, but at least I'll have a bit more information to not know what I want to do with. Right? That, that doesn't sound right at all. But that's the current plan. So I think it's going to be Son to Richarlison, possibly Eze or Gross, but I am tempted to keep that price point down just in case I want to sell Trent to get Haaland next week. I mean, if I sell Salah next week, then obviously I could get anyone for Son pretty much, um, but I just want to leave those options open. So I think as it stands right now, might be different tomorrow, Son to Richarlison is probably where I'm going to go. And then up front, as I already mentioned, I've got Alvarez against Newcastle away, Watkins against Everton away, and Solanke against Liverpool at home. Now, just to quickly cover off Watkins captaincy because a lot of people are going to ask me why I'm not considering him and I am considering him I'm just choosing not to go with him I don't think he's a bad option but I'm not looking at Everton away as a great fixture I think they've defended very well this season if it was at home it'd be a slightly different conversation I'm sure Villa will score in that game but I'm not sure it's going to be a massively high scoring game for them and although Watkins has been fairly consistent this season he's still a forward and where possible I do like captaining midfielders and he doesn't have penalties, and Palmer does, and Saka does kind of part-time as well. So I like Watkins, I just don't think I'm going to end up captaining him. Um, with Solanke, obviously they still have that loot in a home game to rearrange at some point, but it doesn't look like that's likely to happen anytime soon. So in the back of my mind, I'm not going to sell Solanke anytime soon, I don't think. But if we get closer to that game week 25 double... And Harlan, let's say he's not back in 21 or 22, and I end up holding on to Alvarez. The closer we get to that double, there is potential to maybe hold on to Alvarez and do Solanke to Harlan instead. As it stands, the plan is definitely Alvarez to Harlan in game week 22, but I am open to changing that plan if I need to. But I don't see any reason this week to move on Solanke. I was actually quite surprised uh, when I recorded one of the short videos the other day to see that Solanke has been transferred out by nearly 200,000 FPL managers this week. I don't really get it. Like, I think Liverpool at home is a tough enough fixture. But in the reverse fixture back in, I think it was um, game week three. Yeah, they lost 3-1 Bournemouth. But I remember that game. And they did cause Liverpool a lot of problems early on with their pressing. And I think Bournemouth are in a better place right now. And they're at home. I think Sankey's going to score. I think there's a good chance he scores against Liverpool. So, yeah, 200,000 people have got rid of him. I'm not... I'm not really sure why. I don't think there's like loads of other forwards to bring in instead, but whatever, right? Everyone's uh, entitled and free to do exactly what they want with their own team. And then Alvarez stays as long as Haaland is not an option, right? I'm probably not going to captain him against Newcastle away. 
Um, but the way Newcastle defended recently, I think it's perfectly reasonable just to keep hold of him for now. And again, it's all about prioritizing the issues in my team. And until Haaland is back, Alvarez for me is not an issue. And he's shown that he can score, even though he hasn't done that very often recently. Um, but against Sheffield United, he got his goal. And I don't think Newcastle away is a it's not a terrible time to play them, is what I would say. Um, just really quickly to end this, right? I looked on the My Team Tour on Fantasy Football Hub, and as always, all the links to this stuff are in the uh, description below if you want to get signed up. If I do the plan that I mentioned, this is what it would look like, and this is why I'm not particularly worried about having to sell Trent or Salah this week, potentially anyway, right? So let's just say I bring in Richarlison for Son. Uh, I make those transfers, right? So Richarlison goes into the team. Everything stays the same. I get to game week 22. I've got two free transfers. Well, straight away, Poro against Brentford at home, not an issue. I don't even think Arsenal defenders against Forest away is that big of an issue. But if Trent is out and I want to get rid of him, then I can bring in Eschepinian, who has got um, Luton, uh, yeah, Luton away that week. And I could also do Alvarez for Haaland. So let me just put him in as well. And I make those transfers. And then I can play Estupinian instead of one of my Arsenal defenders. And then at least I'm limiting the risk of them losing the clean sheet. And I've got Estupinian and Poirier. Like I'm just thinking, who else would people even have that are better than that? Maybe Kyle Walker against Burnley at home. For me, it's just not the end of the world to not have those kind of players, which is why I'm happy to not have to sell Salah or Trent this week. And if you look at the rest of the team, right, the attack would then be... Watkins against Newcastle at home, Solanke against West Ham away, Haaland obviously for Burnley at home captain, uh, Richarlison against Brentford at home, Saka against Forest away, Palmer against Liverpool away, which is a bit trickier, I guess, and then Gordon against Villa away. Like, does that attack look that bad with Salah on the bench? And obviously, if it comes down to it, I could just take a minus four and sell Trent, Salah, and get Haaland in if I wanted to. Like, I'm open to doing that um, if needed. And I go forward to another week, like game week 23. Arsenal defenders have got Liverpool at home, but I can bench both of them, right? I don't have to play either of them. And Charlie Taylor, if he's fit by then, has got Fulham at home. I've got uh, him against, yeah, sorry, Taylor against Fulham at home, SGP against Palace at home, and Porro against Everton away. I think it looks okay. And I know FPL, right? It will not work out this well. It never does. But what I'm, the point I'm trying to make is, as much as it looks crazy to leave Trent and Salah on the bench when there's so much money, I think all that information we're going to get before 22 plus the fact that I think the team can almost hold up without them anyway, means that it's the right call to roll one of my transfers. By tomorrow's deadline, I might be panicking and making two transfers. There might be another injury that we get news of in the press conferences tomorrow as well, and things could completely change, but that's how it looks right now. If you've enjoyed that video, make sure to give it a like. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Make sure to check out Fantasy Football Hub. Links in the description below. I'll be back tomorrow early-ish with a final thoughts video to cover anything I've not already covered. Although, to be honest, I think at this point we're probably just going around in circles. And I'll also have a deadline stream starting around quarter to five, five o'clock in the evening UK time. For the Game Week 21 deadline, which, by the way, is on the 12th of January. The next deadline after that isn't until the 30th of January. So enjoy the break if I don't see you before then. Thanks for watching this video, and I'll catch you again soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.